Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What up, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And today we are joined by the Athletic Sam Blum. He does a fantastic job covering the Angels for the Athletic. Sam, thanks for rocking with us here on Dodgers Dugout. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, Sam, we got to talk about this Angels team. We're going to talk a little about Shohei Otani, but leading up to all the Otani talk, kind of have to talk about the Angels. I mean, in June, they were hot. They won 11 of 14 games. They were season-high eight games over 500, and they started to collapse. They started to spiral, started tailspinning, losing nine of 10 games. What has happened with the Angels since that June hot streak? I think there's like two big factors. One is, well, one is the, they've had a couple injuries that obviously not not been beneficial to them. I mean, they've lost Mike Trout, um, they lost Brandon Drury, I think, are you know two of the bigger ones. But you, know, you also look at their pitching staff. They've lost a couple of relievers that were helping them out. So a lot of injuries. Rendon's not, you know, he's been on and off on the injured list. Um, Zach Neto was a big part of their success, and he's not healthy. So there's there's a bunch of guys who I think, uh, you know, contributing. They're not being there has contributed to the team not playing well. But then on the other side of it, they're also just not playing well, like the players that they have and, and players that have been better than they're playing right now. Um, and so there's just it's. You know, it's starting pitching. They're losing by a lot every night. I think we saw the Angels last year lose 14 in a row, and, and you know, seven of those games were one-run games. So I would I would argue that these last 15 games where they lost 11, I mean, you can make a case this is this is worse. I mean, uh, it's just not been a – they haven't played good baseball. They're not hitting. They're not pitching. They're not playing great defense. It's it's kind of a – it's kind of a, like you said, use the right word, spiral. But um, uh, listen, they're not out of it yet, but it, these next 16 games are kind of going to determine a lot about the future of this franchise. Yeah, and if you look at right now, they're one game under 500, fourth place in the AL, AL West. And you talk about those injuries to Trout, Rendon, Drury, Nito, Urshela. Really, the injury bug just kind of sank their teeth in them. But also, you talk about the pitching. You mentioned the pitching a second ago. It feels like just kind of those guys have been healthy, but they're just underperforming with Sandoval, with, with Detmers, with Anderson. The ERA in their last 10 games is 7-7-3. Is there a case that, hey, they can turn it around in the second half, really carry this team if everyone gets healthy and make that postseason push maybe as a wild card team? Is that really the best case scenario right now? I think it's the best case scenario. Do I think it's like likely to happen? No, just because, I mean, I think if, you know, we watch enough of, the, of this team play to like kind of get a sense of maybe what they are. And, and I'm not saying they're, they're not saying they're incapable of making the playoffs because I think they could, you know, they could go on a run and, you know, they've been on a run, so they can always do that again. But it's, it, to me, it's just, is it a full and complete roster? Uh, not until everybody's healthy, maybe. And when that's the case, that might not be till it's too late, right? That might not be till September. And even then, you know, if you get Logan O'Hoppy back, then some been some regression on the on the of, of the hitters uh, who have kind of been behind the plate. Matt Dice and Chad Wallach, in particular, have really struggled. So, 
Um, it's it's just you know there's a lot of reasons maybe you could you could kind of piece together that this team could win, but I don't necessarily look at them and say hey they're making up five games in the second half. Um, and that's mostly just because they're not really playing competitive baseball right now, and they're going to need to use this roster to play competitive games right out of the shoot. They got the Astros and the Yankees, two teams ahead of them in the wild card race. Uh, and then they go on a nine game and they play the Pirates and then go on a nine game road trip to enter the uh, uh, trade deadline. And, you know, if you're if you're five games out at the trade deadline, I, I wouldn't be a team that's adding. I mean, that's just that doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. So they're going to have to make some really tough choices. Um, and I think that you like you said, best case scenario is probably going for that third wild card. I mean, it's not like they're that far out of the division, but they're not playing well enough to really think they're going to jump the Astros and the Rangers in the second half. And also the Mariners were also now head game ahead of them, too. Yeah, and you're, I think you bring up a fantastic point in that the schedule doesn't get any easier. You're five games back in the wild card. You kind of paint a little bit of a grim picture. If you look at this Angels season, really the $500 million or the $600 million question is what happens with Shohei Otani. You know, we were going to get there, just how were we going to get there? And I think my first question is, and I want to have some questions about Otani as a player because you have so much access to him and just being around him on a day-to-day basis. But let's say the Angels tailspin. Let's say there is no chance that they're going to make the postseason. It's already been reported that the Angels Angels aren't interested in moving him by the deadline. Do you think there's any scenario where, hey, they're out of it completely, and then they kind of come to the realization, hey, we have to get something for him because there's a likelihood we won't be resigning him in free agency? Do you think there's any chance right now that they trade Otani? I mean, I don't want to say there's no chance. I mean, it was interesting. I actually asked Perry this question a couple weeks ago, and that was when the Angels were, like, tied for the third wild card, I think. And so he was like, well, it's self-explanatory. Why would we, you know, basically indicating why we won't, we will not trade him if we're going to, you know, the way we're playing. So, uh, but, you know, I, there were a lot, still a lot of games to go to the, before the deadline at that moment. And I mean, I even wrote a column about it. I said, you know, this is that, that kind of comment doesn't make a lot of sense because you don't know where you're going to be at that point. And, and you don't want to say it's off the table, especially since they're, they would lose every, I mean, they would let us basically let them walk for a draft pick. And I, I don't think that's, in any way, shape, or form, going to help this team. Uh, I mean, if what if you're in the interest of winning baseball games, then keeping him, if you have really no shot. Now, I think what do you what does no shot really mean? And I, that's going to be the interesting kind of get a definition on what no shot means to maybe this Angels front office. If they're seven games out, they might see themselves as still having a shot in the last two months to not want to trade him. If even if they have like a five percent playoff odds, they might still say, "Hey, there's a chance." Um, now, if they're like, if they really lose in these next couple of weeks and they're like nine or 10 games out, then I start to think there's almost no justification for it um, outside of the hope that he's just going to want to resign here because he likes it here. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it's 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 really a tough, tough question because you're dealing with a lot of dynamics. You're dealing with an owner who cares quite a bit about public image and quite a bit about, uh, you know, having bright and shiny objects. And Otani obviously kind of fits that mold in a lot of ways. Uh, he cares a lot about revenue, and Otani brings in a lot of revenue. So there's just it's you could see the dynamics at play kind of manifesting themselves every single day with every development. Like if, if Shohei says he likes Mookie Betts at the All Star game, like that's going to cause people to freak out. Like if he if he shakes his head because some reporter shouts, "Are you coming to Seattle?" Like that's going to get people going crazy. Like everything he does, I think he's well aware of the microscope that's kind of uh, that's kind of being focused in on him. And, and there's just so many things at play as it relates to him being traded. I just don't see any point in keeping him if you're completely out of the playoff race. Uh, you know, you're going to want you. You got to you got to put yourself in position to win next year. I mean, that's that's the goal is to be winning. And so I don't I think the Angels actually have an opportunity when you have a guy like Otani. If you do trade him, you can get back enough that you're putting yourself in a position to be successful next year. 
wherein if you just let them walk, you're you're really not. So I, I I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Um, I'm curious to see if they're willing to pay what it takes to retain him. And I'm curious to see if he's even willing to come back because right now it's, uh, you know, the Angels aren't really playing very well. And that's kind of been an important factor, it seems, that uh, they can put a winning team on the field. And, and they've so far been unable to show that that's, uh, that's possible. Yeah, and I think then the next question then becomes, and my read on the situation is, even if you were going to trade for him, even if you knew what is best for the organization, and that is you don't lose him, like you said, for a draft pick. You could get a King's Ransom. You're talking about four or five top prospects, and you could really replenish that farm system and start looking for the future. But how much is pride a factor for Artie Moreno and not wanting to hey say, hey, we trade away the modern-day Babe Ruth. He's the best player of this generation. He's a once-in-a-sport-type a player. How much of that is weighing on their thought process? Hey, we don't want to be the organization that trades away Shohei Otani we don't want the curse of Shohei Otani moving forward yeah I mean I think I think that could be part of it to be honest with you you just don't want to trade you don't want to trade away the guy that's like bringing everyone to your to your games and who's when you do win games the reason why you're winning games and I I just I just know that you have that you have to make calculations and you have to make cruel calculations and cold hard calculations in order to be able to really be a successful franchise and I think that has been the one thing with the Angels not just in this Otani situation but in general about you know what is it that you really need to do like wh- like what is it that really will put you in position to win um and it's and so often i think that already's looked at that and said well a superstar hitter and and so often they're not developing their own and so they're what they're you know they're getting guys on the back end of their career that that you know just have no incentive to be any good anymore and 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 or don't you know or just aren't good anymore because they're older and they're you know it's that's just the way time works i i i don't know it's I think that pride will be a big factor in that, but I also don't know who's making the final call. It's uh, you know, Perry might have one opinion and then you might have already with another. And, you know, it's been, it's been documented that, that Perry can sway his, his boss, but I don't know if either of them believe it makes a lot of sense to trade Otani. I, I think that you really have to wait through these next 16 games to, to get a very clear picture of what makes the most sense. Cause even right now, I wouldn't say it's the definite move. I mean, you're five games out with 16 to go. Let's say you go four. Let's say you go four and two against the Yankees and the Astros right out of the break, and all of a sudden you know you're like three games out, and it's it's a much different conversation. So I think you have to wait and see. But at the same time, I mean, they're not they're not playing well enough to really think that they're going to make a run. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you look at where this Dodgers team is, where this Angels team is, the history between these two organizations, the history of Artie Moreno and the deal that fell through with the Dodgers a few years ago, it just feels like it's the last thing that he would want to do. But at the same time, we know the incumbent team, they always have the advantage. If you trade for a player, you really would have the inside track, hopefully signing him long term. How much is the Angels confidence that they can sign Shohei Otani long term play into this? Are they confident they can bring him back to Anaheim? Because it kind of feels out there if you'd see the insiders they don't really think he's going to be back at Anaheim but within the organization what's your read on the situation you know what I would say is the people who are on the outside making those kind of things like often don't really know because I don't think even really the Angels front office or ownership knows and and I don't even know if Otani really knows to be honest with you he keeps all of this and then you you mentioned earlier that I have all this access to Otani but I mean really nobody does like he does not do money I mean the the interviews you kind of see during the all-star situation a lot of that's very much tailored uh, it's, you know, it's, it's part of the festivities, but he's very closed off among angels reporters, very friendly, but he's not like, you know, doing interviews outside of after he pitches, he's, he's really not answering questions about his future. So I'm not really sure that, uh, there's a lot of people of inside sources on, on, on what he's really thinking. Um, and so I, I would be cautious about, you know, kind of saying, oh, he doesn't want to come back or he's definitely, you know, going to come back. I don't think either of those things can really be said. Uh, the Angel, I mean, already said in the offseason spring training that he would consider 
going above the luxury tax threshold for the first time in order to re-sign Otani. So he said that, and he certainly can afford that. The question is, does he really want to do it? Is he actually willing to, you know, what would end up amounting to, you'd lose a lot of money by going over that tax and it would be an expensive, expensive venture for him. So, he, you know, it's, the question is, is he really, is he really willing to do it? Uh, actions speak louder than words. Words say he'll do it. Actions have said he won't. So, um, you know, but this is, uh, Otani's an unprecedented person in the sport and, and that might be what kind of goes over, what brings him over the edge in terms of what he's willing to spend. I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, if he, if he were to, um, you know, go over that but i don't know if he's really going to make competitive offers as it as it relates teams like the dodgers who clearly are going to go after him pretty hard and and the mets i imagine uh where the padres and the mariners or the giants or the card or the uh yeah cardinals so there's so many teams that that might be willing to pony up what it takes and is are the Angels really going to win that bidding war I don't, I don't know about that yeah no i agree with every word you just said right there i think it's going to be a guy that you really aren't going to move unless you absolutely have to and even then you talk about the last two months of the season you don't want to have empty seats you want to take advantage of shohei otani sell jerseys get guys in the seats and really try to make as much money as you can but if you're this angels organization and you don't see a clear-cut path to re-signing him and you move him maybe goes to the dodgers you talked about mookie betts and him saying after the game that Mookie Betts was the player that impressed him most. How much of a fear do you think the Angels have of the Dodgers losing him to a crosstown rival like that, the Dodgers specifically? Um, you know, I just think it's about losing him. I mean, listen, yeah. losing to the Dodgers, it, it probably it probably stings a little more, right? Because it's you know, listen, already calls the Angels Los Angeles Angels. Cause it's, <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Obviously, they you know, there's there's got there's some like dynamic there, or some you know. Thing at thing at play that kind of would probably make him a little more mad. I'm sure Angels fans would not like it, but I mean, listen, the Dodgers have won ten straight games against the Angels. I mean, it's not like this is a very close uh, rivalry. Um, you know, they're not they're not competing against this team very well, and the Dodgers are in the postseason every year, and the Angels are not. So it's it's I think it would sting a little more, but it probably wouldn't be like that out of character for kind of how things go at times. I mean, the Angels have the potential. I mean, the Angels were going to sell if they were if they did sell uh, if already did sell for a record price, right? People and and that's not. That's not a coincidence, right? There's a lot of value in this organization. There's a lot of reasons to think you can win in Orange County in Southern California. It's the the little brother mindset is not is not a uh, it's not a thing that's ordained, right? Like the Angels, I mean, the Dodgers have had poor ownership in the past, right? Not too distant distant past. It's it's when you have an owner that that plays like a T or that builds and spends and ap- operates like a like a big brother, then then that's what you get, right? So just like the Mets and Steve Cohen, so. It's um, I think there's a lot of potential, and I, I think that it would probably stink to see him go to the Dodgers, but it would probably just be more of a factor of who who owns the Angels and and what he's been able to build here. Yeah, and to your point, Artie Moreno, he likes the shiny new toys. He'll go out there and spend big if it's a Mike Trout, if it's a Rendon, if it's possibly a Shohei Otani, but it's on the margins, it's the relievers, it's the glue guys on the side. I think Perry Maniason has done a fantastic job really emphasizing pitching and redeveloping the farm system, but contractually speaking, you hear the numbers out there, gaudy figures, 500 million, 600 million. Contractually, what do you think he's worth? You know, it's a really fascinating question. Um, I think you have, to, you have to factor in how long can a player really do this at this level. Um, now, obviously, every year you see free agents who, I mean, you, when when the Phillies sign Trey Turner to 11 years, I don't think that they're expecting Trey Turner at the age of 30, like 37 through 40 to be a high, necessarily a very high-level baseball player, especially since he relies so much on speed. And so I'm sure that whatever Otani makes, like the last couple of years of that contract, you know, you, it's, it's probably not going to be what he's doing right now. Like, that's just a fact. Uh, it's really hard to do what he does. And, is you know, we already see things kind of come up here and there with his body. And it's it, it, I, when you get older, time is undefeated. 
So that's that's got to be a thing. But I imagine what you're really paying for are those first two or three years where you're going to have the best player in the sport. You're going to have every eyeball on you. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that he's probably worth 500, if not more. I mean, and, and so much of what you're worth is whatever somebody's willing to pay you. And you're going to have bidders on there out there who's going to who's going to want to make that best offer. And so he might get paid more than, you know, what just like a what like a very standard market value would be for someone that's an elite pitcher and elite hitter at the same time. Uh, just because you want to outbid somebody. Um, I, I could see, and I, I mean, if I were to put a value on it, I'm going to guess it'll make 550 over the course of, you know, eight to 10 years. And, and that's just going to be what, you know, there could be, there's, and there's also a lot of different ways it could go. Uh, you know, you, like I've heard maybe uh, they'll like split up the contracts by hitting and pitching, or, you know, you put in incentives or you have opt-outs or you could do any number of different things or a super high AV early on or later on or whatever, you know, makes a lot of sense to, to kind of build what will, I'm sure, be the most expensive and most unique contract in baseball history. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see contractually what he signs for because obviously this is unprecedented. We've never seen a player of this caliber that can, if he's an elite pitcher, he's an elite hitter, he's an MVP, even without pitching, he'd win MVP, right? On the same token, you got some of the big names out there. They got the Mets, they got more money than God. Stephen Cohen could throw $600 million his way. The Dodgers, they could throw $600 million that way. I mean, we're probably going to see $100 beers and $200 parking, but hey, it's going to be going to Shohei Otani, right? But we look at the player of Otani, how good of a player he is it feels like he's even gotten better if you look at his numbers this season the hard hit rates up if you look at the slug the batting averages up he came into this season as a hitter he's hitting over 300 now as someone that's around him on a daily basis how have you seen him improve at the plate as a hitter just what kind of improvements has he made what kind of adjustments has he made well, I mean, I think you're right. Like every year, he's kind of crazy. Like 2021 was the best year anyone's ever had until 2022, in my opinion. Now he dropped off on his maybe some of his power. Um, in a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. And then he uh, obviously is having an even better year, but his pitching was super good last year. And then, you know, this year, I think he's kind of putting both together to some extent. Obviously, the pitching has been a little bit down at times, but it's, you know, it's still really good. And, you know, hitters still are finding it very hard to hit off him, even though his walks are kind of an issue. Um, you know, in terms of mechanical adjustments, I mean, I don't see much. I mean, he's changed his bat. I'm not sure if that's played a role. Um, he's talked about kind of where he places his hands. Um, and that that might be that might be part of what's working for him i, I think that he just get, he goes through like i mean he's, he went through a slump book like two months like a month and a half ago where he couldn't hit anything and then he comes out and you know hits all those home runs in like in one week and it's you know he just gets red hot uh i think it's interesting when, he, when he's doing well he's able to hit the ball to the opposite field um that's something that you know at the end of his first mvp season he he almost had he had like almost no hits in the second half of the season onto the opposite field and we're seeing him go he i think he purposefully goes that way at times and when he's doing that 
that's when you can tell he's, he's red hot. And we saw that in that Texas series. I think he had four home runs. Three of them went into the second deck and the opposite field. And so that's when he's when he's really like honing in on on you know what's working. I mean that you you see those types of homers, and then you also see some four hundred ninety three foot bombs that he pulls. Yeah, it's incredible. He comes into the season hitting 276 with a 532 slug. This year at the break, 302 with a 663 slug. He also leads the league in triples. Only two players have hit 300, slug 600, and led the league in triples, Willie Mays and Stan Musial. I mean, that is rare air. You talk about him going the other way. I read in his uh, the book, I forgot who I think it was Jeff Fletcher who wrote the book about Shohei Otani, who talks about how... Hi, Jeff. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, is that your guy? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I mean, he talked about how he lived near the Isawa River, and he wouldn't want to pull the balls and land in the river because they want to waste all the ball. So that's why he would go to all fields. So really, it's helping him to this day. So incredible. And you talk about the hard hit velocity. I mean, you talk about his strikeout rate. I mean, it's incredible to see what he's been able to do at the plate. Also leads Major League Baseball with a 181 weighted runs created plus. You combine that with what he's doing on the mound, over 100 innings pitched, a 332 ERA, a strikeout rate at 32.4%. Now, you talk about the dominance. How long? I mean, it's just conceivably, could he do this for another four or five years? Or do you think at some point he's either a pitcher or a designated hitter or you think he just tries this until he can't anymore i would guess he's gonna go for it until until he can't anymore i mean it's like a, and it's it's kind of i'm sure people don't like the idea of him not being able to do it anymore but listen i mean all the best athletes in the earth are gonna decline at some point um now i i don't know the thing about otani is he's kind of he kind of is unprecedented so it's tough to really understand maybe when that might come i think you know you might look at this and say like yeah like six straight years of, of hitting and pitching every, you know, he takes almost no days off. Like that's got to wear on you yeah. at some point. I mean, the WBC, I mean, it's just kind of been an insane run he's on. Uh, so yeah, I mean, listen, I think that, I think that you expect three, three more years like this. I think you can expect that. I think it's fair to expect. I think anything beyond that is probably, you know, it would, it would just be nice. Right. And I'm not saying he's not going to keep hitting and pitching. I just don't know if he's going to be a guy who's could, capable of hitting, you know, upward of 50 homers and, keeping like a sub three ERA at the same time. I mean, that's just a lot to ask of any mortal human being. And maybe he's not mortal, who knows, but certainly is kind of of another world at times. Uh, but uh, I think you expect three more years. That's just my own opinion. I mean, um, who am I to say? But, uh, and then anything else, you know, it wouldn't shock me, but, you know, it might be a, a lot to ask of someone because he's just turned 29. And I think if he kind of just, if he does this till he's 33, I mean, that would be extremely impressive. Yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable what he's been able to do. It's really incomprehensible. It's like if you had peak Aaron Rodgers, peak Aaron Donald, you combine them, you have the best defensive player, best quarterback. I mean, but this sport, the wear and tear, 162 games, it just seems like, hey, if anyone can do it, a guy that is putting the work every single day like Otani does, that has his routines down, he is committed to doing this. Now, you talk about his age, 29 years old. I saw that Otani, when he was in high school, he made a list of things that he wanted to accomplish, his goals. And by age 26, he wanted to win a World Series. Well, not only has he not won a World Series, he's never been in the postseason. Do you think that winning is the number one factor for Otani when it comes to his free agency? Um, is it the number one? I mean, listen, I mean, the Rays might be the best team in baseball, but I think if they offered him, you know, whatever point. contract they could, yeah. it probably wouldn't work. So, I mean, yeah, listen, I don't, I think it's naive to say that like money's not a huge factor because, you know, you want to get paid what you're worth and, you know, somebody's going to tell him what he's worth and it's going to be quite a bit of money. So, 
I think that's a big factor. But yeah, I mean, winning is, is going to be important. I mean, listen, I think that's the biggest thing the Angels have going against them. They just haven't been able to do it. And not only have they not been able to do it, it's kind of been embarrassing for them because they're just, it's, it's almost like a, it's a joke, right? I wrote, I wrote, you know, I went and talked to the guy who wrote that tungsten joke last year because I thought, listen, I mean, you look at all the games, they had like six games last year where Trout and Otani combined for at least home, two homers and they lost. So, uh, you know, it's that these things, are, it's like, for as good as he is, I mean, I'm sure it's frustrating for that narrative for him to be like, man, like, I'm just some tungsten armor Doyle joke, right? Like, he's he's smart. He sees all this stuff. Like, he's, you know, he's engaged on this stuff. Like, it's not, that's, that that doesn't, that I'm sure that's frustrating. I'm sure the losing is frustrating. I'm sure hitting 32 home runs in the first half of the season, but the team being one game below 500 is frustrating for him. So, yeah, I mean, listen, they have an opportunity to show him that they can win with what they have right now but and that's why they've been so desperate this year i mean look at what they've done they've called up like three guys from their draft last year i mean they're they're just they're making trades like in the middle of the season they're doing everything they can to win uh everything they can they're mortgaging their future in ways that we'll probably see at times later on um yeah you know not not having draft picks things like that but they're uh they're doing everything they can to be competitive this season and um so far it's not working it, uh, it was for a little bit but the record is what the record is. You're never better than what your record is. And based on the trajectory of this franchise, where they're trending, what you consider prospects, when you consider them going after other free agents, do you think they can build a World Series contender around Shohei Otani in the next two or three seasons? Do you think that's in the cards for the Angels? Um, I mean, listen, it's uh, given the way the ownership operates right now, I would say it would be really tough. Uh, I wouldn't say no for sure. I think if they were to keep Otani and were willing to spend what it took to really build a good team, and spend what it spends what it takes to you know work with your minor leaguers to develop them. I mean, you know, I, I I don't know what to make of the fact that they they draft so many college players that are already as close as you can. They've already gone through a lot of the development. Does it like how confident are they in their in their player development? Because you've not, they have not brought up a lot of guys, you know, that have just been you know high schoolers or international draftees, uh, international signees that that you know came in really young. So it's just it's. You know, you're not seeing a ton of those types of players really make it with the Angels and in a big way. And so, I mean, can they build? Yes. Does it look like they've really got everything in place and they got a streamlined process to make that happen? No. I mean, you look at, you know, the Dodgers are a team that does do that. Like they build a lot of, you know, their own prospects by player development, by treating their minor leaguers right. And then on the flip side of that, they're also spending in free agency. So, you know, you have teams like the Dodgers and the Astros that will do that at a high level. And then the Angels probably do both at a decent level maybe the minor league stuff a little bit worse but there's just not enough on either the free agent side or the development side to continuously be bringing in good players at a high clip do you think the west coast is a big factor because it feels like the giants the mariners the padres the dodgers feels like they have the inside track versus the mets or a team on the east coast you know i think it's it's i mean that seemed to be a factor on the first time around so it's you know again you just with Otani, you're trying to look into little clues for a lot of things. And like, if it was a factor before, and you you'd assume that it could be a factor again. Now he's obviously become more comfortable. He speaks he speaks English, I think, to some extent, pretty well. He's you know more comfortable around teammates and things like that. So maybe you know he'd be open to going to the East Coast, especially if if there's a good opportunity there. And and you know I think he wants a spot where the, the lights are on him. I mean, he likes when he hits outside. He's only hit outside three different places this year: one at home, one in, one at LA. It won in, uh, against the Yankees. So when I say hit outside, I mean during batting practice, which is always a spectacle. So, you know, I think he wants those. I think he likes the bright lights. I think he likes doing all this stuff. And, and you know, it's uh, does that mean the East Coast or the West Coast? I mean, the West Coast is closer to home for him. So that that's the reason why I think it could make a, 
a uh, a difference but i'm not sure it's going to be the biggest dif- biggest factor in the world like it was a few, you know seven years ago six seven years ago yeah i think what really stands out for me is yeah he's mysterious you never know it doesn't matter what an insider says no one expected him to be with the angels at this point so it's really tough to say he's going to go here he's going to go there he wants to play on the east coast on the west coast i think at the end of the day it's going to be one of the biggest questions one of the most coveted he's the most coveted free agent in the history of baseball but the moment is now sam one do you think he gets traded this season and two where do you think he ends up signing i do not think he'll get traded. I just, I mean, it's not impossible, but I would be surprised, very surprised, just given all the factors we've already talked about. Uh, if he were to sign as a free agent elsewhere, um, I mean, I I think a lot of people ordained the Dodgers as the favorite, and I and I tend to agree with that just for, for a couple factors. Uh, this is just my own speculation, because like I said, people don't really know these things. The reason why I would think it would be the Dodgers, if it was going to be not the Angels, he wouldn't require him to really move. Um, I think he likes being on the West Coast. A little bit, I think the media and, you know, probably treat him in a similar way, probably get a similar type of, you know, the process here. Uh, and they're also going to pay him a lot. They can afford to pay him a lot. It seems to me that they've not mortgaged this year, but I don't think they really went all out this year and knowing that they wanted to get him. So uh, those are the reasons why I think it would be likely if it's not the Angels. But, you know, I think that the teams that, Make a lot of sense. Maybe the Giants, the uh, Dodgers, and the Angels, I think, are the three teams that probably have the best chance. Uh, and then maybe the Mets. But I, I don't know. We've seen Steve Cohen kind of talk about not being able to continue spending at that clip. So, um, there. And, you know, again, the Mets are in a similar position as the Dodgers, right? It's like, and the Padres are too. And the Dodgers, the Mets are in a similar position as the Angels, as are the Padres, teams that are just vastly underperforming. And, uh, you know, if he wants to go to a winner, those teams aren't winning. Yeah, well, you're going to be very popular with Dodgers fans with that answer. I just want to tell you that. And he's definitely going to be a great fit in L.A. if he does choose to sign here. But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to be the most followed free agency in the history of Major League Baseball. And we appreciate your insight on all things Shohei Otani on the Angels. You can follow Sam Blum on Twitter, at Sam Blum 3 He's an essential follow for all baseball fans. Sam, thank you for joining us today, my man. I hope, I hope Angels fans are. I hope nobody's like, oh, man, Do- the Angels writer predicts I'm going to the Dodgers. But, you know. It's- <laughs> I just tweeted, Shohei Otani Dodger confirmed. I tagged you in it. So. <laughs> Retweet that. Yeah, not like I said, I think I think it may, there are some things that make it make sense. Uh, but you know, I, like I said, I also think that there's really no way for anybody, the, the best insiders in the world, or just you know the random you know fan at home. Like there's just nobody. There's no way anyone really knows. But thank you so much for having me on. I I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, look, as a follow up to that, I will say, look, I've acted like yeah, he's gonna go, he's gonna sign with the Dodgers. It makes all the sense. All the signs point to that. But the reality is, you just never know. I do think though, he's committed to winning and winning now. I don't think he can wait till he's 32 or 30 three years old because this is uncharted waters for a guy that's pitching like an ace in the box like an MVP and I think he needs to win that World Series for himself I think he wants to be in the postseason and continue to grow the game and grow the sport so Sam thank you so much for the time we really, really appreciate it again you can follow Sam on Twitter at Sam Blum 3 Sam thanks my man talk to you soon thanks for having me I appreciate it